I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group, at UK Packers. And as usual, join by meow, buddy. <laughs> meow, pow. It's Ryan J. Peacock. What's going on? Buddy. All right, bruv. Um, look, I've got, I've got to admit to you now, I'm struggling every week not to jump in somewhere through there and just cut you off just jump in with something myself mug me off mate but i've done it last two or three weeks i just keep getting this build up of like i'm gonna say something i'm gonna say something and then don't say anything so i'm, I'm doing my best well come here do you know what someone said during the week they were like this the opening used to really annoy and irritate me but now i find myself <laughs> saying it at the same time <laughs> it's, I know. It's, it's a great we got that didn't we as well mm. people saying that at the last super bowl party we were at and guys saying uh you know they 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 talk along with it or they also try and count the seconds between (laughs) the going on and the buddy (laughs) it's it's strange so yeah so what somebody said was you used to do me nothing but now actually it's just got stuck in my head and i was like is that a compliment you know what i mean is that kind of like i think it is i think it is yeah it's like it's like every justin bieber song isn't it when he comes out and you go what is this and then Five minutes later, you know every word and you're bopping along. Dancing around the living room in your undies. Every day. Every day. It, no, he has some club bangers now. Absolute club bangers. Before when he was repeating the word baby 17 times. Not great. But uh, since he started hooking up with dance artists, pissing in mop buckets and, you know, riding Ferrari just up and down the place. Yeah, he's kind of funny. And just actually, speaking of, just, speaking of Justin Bieber... Do you know that uh, Spanish song that he has out now? Do you see the video of him where yeah, they yeah, ask him to sing impressive. it in the club? And he's like, uh, he's like, I don't know the words, so I say burrito. And it's just like, I don't know if that's racist or not, but it was kind of funny. Yeah, I, I just wondered if he's basically, has he learnt the sounds, you know, a bit like a, a parrot that sort of says phrases. Yeah, Has he, has he just yeah. repeating the sounds or can he actually talk Spanish? No, repeating the sounds and I've, and it sounds great to me it sounds super exotic I think uh, women's knickers will probably just fly off but um, apparently all these I saw this video it was like some some Spanish guys some famous Spanish singers were on stage and the title of the video was um, oh you know the reaction to Justin Bieber is Spanish and they were taking the piss out of him I clicked onto the video I was like oh, I can't wait to, to find out what real Spanish you know speakers are saying and they were speaking Spanish taking the piss out of him so I was like what you know I, how am I supposed to know I can't I can't hear that but look do you know what I'd love to do two things really one is I'd love someone to imitate the what's going on buddy and send us their imitations that'd be that'd be rad 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 who uses the word rad so I was going to say where 1980s are on the phone mate they want their word back oh, do you know what's wrong it's it's a dad Jesus. word now i've i caught joan the other day saying the word trendy and only mothers say trendy <laughs> they wear mom jeans and say trendy you know what i mean no what, one what was this uh, this is a really nice top it, it's very trendy very trendy yeah what, what, what? i was like i was like <clears throat> and then i'm after using the word rad in fairness my son had yeah, a top rad. on today that said "rad like dad." Right, I think that's where I'm going. Uh, see, it's got in the subconscious. Yeah. So as long as as long as cowabunga doesn't come out at some point. Or, do you know what I keep saying to eat my shorts? I thought that would be a, a bigger part in my what? life at this stage. Remember how Bart Simpson? Massive Simpsons fan. Not really, but I just thought that'd oh. be a bigger part of my life. And then also, whatever happened to lava and quicksand? 
I thought my adult life would be riddled with situations where I'd have to overcome these obstacles and not once have I fell into quicksand or been burned by lava. Ever. Now you're looking at me I, confused. Did you I never get the context. Did you never play the kid game falling into lava or falling into quicksand? What, the one where you sort of shout ah. the floor's lava and then you have to get <laughs> off the floor? Yeah, pretty That's... much, yeah. All oh, right. okay. Yeah, so it's a bit like when I was away with the lads and we do, um, we do dead ants. So you'll be in a pub or a club or something and uh, somebody shouts dead ants and then you have to drop down, get on your back and kick your arms and legs in the air like a dead ant. That's not a And the last one to do it goes and gets the drinks in. It is a thing and I've ruined many a t-shirts doing it. That's not a thing. It's going to be a thing in Green Bay. But dead ants, if the ant was dead, it wouldn't be moving. So why are you moving? Uh, Yeah, no, because it's had heart attacks. So it sort of spasms about a bit first and last. Dying ants, which... Yeah, dying ants, soon to be dead ants. <laughs> it's, it's just not as catchy as dead ants. No. No. This went in a weird place. Well, somebody's got to start planning drinking games because, uh, you know, I don't know anybody going on the trip that's a massive drinker, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> this has to be... Do you know what? This is kind of the pisshead trip. We went, the first trip was good, second trip, brilliant, third trip. You know, this might take a dip. People might die. Yeah, it's kind of uh, like, yeah, yeah. So the first trip was like people realizing a dream. Second trip was like, oh, I'm realizing a dream. You know, I didn't get a chance to go last year. Realized my dream this year. Third year, everyone's gone. Realized the dream. Just going to see how drunk I can get in another country. Yeah. Maybe I'll catch a football game if I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah, get on the scanner. Uh, and that's a reference, by the way. Where else would you go? Yeah, Tom Coles is gone. Phil Rudkin. Callum is heading along. Dan Barnes. Uh, me and you. Not that we're big drinkers. Well, yeah, I mean, and some of the ladies can drink pretty well as well, as we've seen at last Super Bowl party. So. Yeah, Jill can pack it away and hold her own, I have to say. Uh, <laughs> the less said about Matt Tisdale, the better, but he's not coming. He's not coming. You know, I was just saying, the guy can fall over and hold the point straight. Uh, what a ledge. Well, I'll tell you what, while we're talking about it, there is going to be a Manchester meetup this year. So if you can't make Green Bay, don't don't worry too much. Come and see these people. Come come and put some faces to names. Mm. Um and come to the Manchester meet. That's happening week six. Um you can find all those I- information on our website. Um there should be some other meets as well. Uh, I think you're busy trying to figure out something in the Emerald Isle. In the Dublin region. So what we're thinking is November is is where we're aiming. So it's going to be... Now, again, this is not just for the paddies, right? What we'd love to do is is get all the Tommies and... Uh, I don't know what... What do they call Welsh and Scottish Ooh, people? Say again? Taff, taffies. Taffies? What? Is that Welsh? And then the Scots are just the Scots, aren't they? So you're telling me that song Shake Your Laffy Taffy was about the Welsh? Well, I don't know. I don't know if the Welsh call themselves that, but isn't that not what everyone calls them? Taffs, Shake Your no? Laffy Taffy. You know I know, that might be really offensive. Okay. And if it is, I apologise. It's just I couldn't think of what else... Well, I can think of something that you get called a lot, but I won't agree with that and I won't use it on the air. But, uh, yeah. Good times. But, yeah, so anyway, we want all of the, the nationalities to come over. Fleek. Fleek. And yeah. any, um, any Americans that want to come over? Happy days. Come on in. Uh, so we're thinking flag football in Phoenix Park and then head in for some pointage in town. I'll probably go to the Woolshed then to watch the game. They have... Phoenix no. Park. Tell us about Phoenix Park. Never heard of it. Never heard of it? It's where no. the President of Ireland sits. You know, it's where he sits. Arison Ucteron is the uh, President's gaff, and his gaff is in Phoenix Park, and it's it's a pretty, it's a massive place, huge. And that's where Dublin Zoo is. Right, so you're telling us that what you actually do is you get to play flag football in the President's garden. 
essentially. Well, probably outside. If the ball goes in, Bagsy not going to his gaff and knocking on the door. Hello, Mr. President, can I have my bowl, please? <laughs> no. I'm sure there'll be. I'm sure there'll be a very, uh, very kind and friendly member of Lagarda or whatever you guys call him. Lagarda. Lagarda. <laughs> I think I Lake Garda is a place in Italy. I think George oh, Clooney has a house in Lake Garda. I sort of went a little bit French. What do you call him? Garda. Gardi. Yeah. Garda is one. Gardi is two. It's the Irish language. Oh, I see. Beautiful. And, and Gardi Shiakana, which is the Guardians of the Peace, which sounds kind of uh, intergalactic. But come here. There'll um, be no peace with the UK Packers or the no. UK and Irish Packers in town, will it? So what we might do is is we'll pick a game in November and we'll get committed. Flights into Dublin Airport are super cheap uh, from the UK. Four so quid. Yeah, including taxes and charges. So yeah, you, there's no excuse. I think it's uh, you can get them for thirty five quid. I think nineteen quid a piece. So yeah, about thirty eight forty quid. So. Well, essentially, when I looked at it uh, last time to go to Dublin was essentially the same price as it costs me to get into London on the train. Yeah. So work that one out, people. Yep, and uh, home of the sheep shaggers. But come here to me, uh, Ryan. Speaking about shagging and, and all the likes. Hashtag strum for Sean. Gone. I know. I no know. More Are we going to have to go yodel for Vogel? So, That's the only one I've got now. I think uh, Scotty came in and said uh, Vank for Vogel. <laughs> I, like it. Like I, it. Yeah. I don't think Vank it's is. Got a German, it's got a German sound to it as well. I like that. It's got a bit of a feel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we got a bit of a nice feel to it. Uh, he says. <laughs> yeah, bit of a shocker. No, I liked it though. Yeah, we've got to, got to come up with something new. But yeah, um, you said it. We would have a special teams uh, shake up this off season. This seems to be every off season now in Green Bay to keep it interesting. Yeah, it was. A, it's sort of an odd one because apparently last week. Now the guy who's taken over is Justin Vogel, is his name, right? And last week, I believe he wasn't in camp, so it meant that. You know, he wasn't even in camp and, and Jake Shum ended up, apparently he injured his back. Uh, he was yeah. released by the Packers. He cleared waivers, which meant that he's back in injured reserve with the Packers. And that's kind of a formality. And usually what will happen is he'll get a bit of compo, so they'll pay him com- some compensation. Um, which is, I believe, that's what they did with Aberderis, right? I think he got injured and he landed back in IOR and they paid him off. And that's the reason if you clear waivers, you're effectively back in IOR and if they pay you off the contract. Yeah, I think you get like an injury settlement, do you? Exactly, yeah. Um, so Shum now again the Packers themselves uh, with their punters you know we haven't been blessed over the last while I know people had an awful lot of affection for Tim Mastay um, and I was, I was surprised to actually find that Shum had posted the second best net average at 39.1 yards and 39.1 yards doesn't sound that impressive in team history behind Tim Mastay's 40.3 set in 2005 so for a number of years Mastay was kind of setting the record and beating the record the next season and people were being super underwhelmed by what he was doing and that said to say that he set the second best net average for the year he still ranked only 24th in the NFL last season did Shum so we heard all this stuff mm-hmm. when he came out that he was kind of a positional punter and on all this type of gear um, but you know 24th in the NFL is not the right home about so it's it's bad, I think, for the likes of Mason Crosby when your holder has been sort of, you know, shifted around so much. He's had Mastay, someone mm-hmm. that he had, um, you know, a bit of chemistry with and, and then Shum came in. They seem to get along. Good is now gone also. So that special yeah. teams unit is, you know, good. But do you know what? I don't, I don't put too much in there. I don't think, and maybe some people will be shouting away at me here, but essentially it's holding the ball. Um and it's long snapping. Now, a long snapper is long snap forever. It's the same thing. doesn't matter who's back there catching the ball. And 
if you practice enough putting the ball down getting it right it's kind of just putting the ball down and holding it in the right position do you know what i mean it's i don't think that it, it's going to matter too much in there it's don't think it's going to mess up mason's game at all um so he'll be fine uh the the bit that i don't get when it comes to punting and you're saying there that you know we had we had a guy that was pretty bad then we swapped him for another guy who whilst he had a great name and a fantastic body uh <laughs> didn't do much better um like like how why is it so hard to find a good punter and i'm not i'm not belittling the skill of punting but essentially there's only 32 jobs in the nfl right so surely even the 33rd best punter in the whole of the usa and to be fair we've seen them come out of all different areas there's been punters that have come from uh, aussie rules football um there's probably guys that have had maybe a rugby background i don't know um but essentially even surely the 33rd best punter in the world must be pretty good and yet green bay seemed to struggle to find a good punter do, do, do you see where i'm coming from like yeah there's only 32 premier guys and we mm. can't get one that's that's very good it's an odd position because i was listening to the wildy and tausch uh, show and I think actually it might have even been Jason Wilde. I'm going to just call him Jason Wilde anyway. Um, and I'd love to get him on the podcast and argue with him over his name. But anyway, um, he was sort of saying that it was the guy who was hosting the show that he came on and did sort of a, a little guest appearance on that. It really takes the sort of NFL nerd to dig into the position and even care, you know. Because um, did we find that last season, Ryan? Remember when there was the whole Mortel mass day battle and then they dropped both of them and then Shum came in. And we said, oh, my God, look at this development, because we were like, you know, Peter Mortel, homegrown kid, mass day. There was a story released, I think, around the time about how he was frugal with his cash and he saved because his kids needed to go away to college and added this real human element to him. And he was meant to be this super nice guy. And then when he got let go and then we're like, oh, Mortel's got it, and then Mortel got, you know, tossed out. So it's kind of like, you know, it's only nerds kind of like us that dig into it that probably get too sort of pedantic about it. Uh, but yeah it is a strange one because the guy even who was interviewing uh, Jason Wilde was saying like look he doesn't care he just assumed that once he kicked the ball away that's just they've done their job you know as long as he kicks it doesn't shank it well then he's after doing his job right but there seems to be so much more to it so Justin Vogel averaged 43.8 yards per punt as a senior last season so this this kid is in college so apparently I think he was at Florida um, he got injured I think it maybe it was an ankle injury then he went to Miami I think that's the way he went or it was vice versa and he was a walk-on starter yeah. so this guy seems to go places that he thinks he has a fair chance of playing um, he was on one of the hot lists as much as you can be on a hot list as a punter of one of the you know the top undrafted free agents no punters were drafted in the draft this guy comes out the Packers sweep him up he had I believe um, you know offers from other teams and he came out in the media at the time and said, which I thought was like massive balls for a kid who's up against a guy as stocky as Shum who would just slap you away with his left ball. And decides the guy. I mean, that's that's why hashtag Shum for Shum's there. And he, he came out and said, oh yeah, I went to the Packers because I see a good chance of me getting the job. I mean, how do you go in and look that guy right in, in the face? Isn't it? It's smart, Ryan, and it's ballsy too to sort of say, because we've all heard that, you know, everyone's competing for a job, but you kind of gather that you come in and you, you stay quiet. It's what we've heard from so many interviews. You stay quiet, you keep the head down. You give the political answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the safe answer, the textbook answer that they're all trained to give. But no, to be fair to this guy, he came in, he said, I'm here because I feel I've got the best chance to start. And it turned out he was correct. Now, mm. I'd, be, I'd be surprised if we didn't see another punter come in. I can't imagine that right now, 
um, we're going, yeah, this guy Vogel. And as he said, nobody was drafted in the position. So the fact he was undrafted, forget about it, leave it out. Um, but he he will ha- need some competition at some point during this camp, I would think. Um, so I, I think it's some somewhere down the line we might see another punter come in and, and have a go at his have a go at his spot. I can't imagine now he'll just be allowed to to sort of go through camp and take the job. Now the only thing is to remember, and you mentioned it there, um, obviously Jacob Shum came in really late the day sort of last season. So as you said, you know, Mass Day gone, we're all going, oh well brilliant. What what a great story. It's more tales go. Didn't turn out that way. Shum came in late. So even if he does go all the way through camp, right up to, you know, into pre-season, start looking at cuts, there may be a veteran guy that becomes available that we look at. So I think brilliantly, because it's starting to become a great feature of off-season now, the the off-season special team shake-up will just continue to entertain right up to week one, when, of course, we will be in Green Bay. Oh, yeah, baby. Going to see him uh, line up with the Seahawks. But the, you know what? Vogel came out and said it. So they asked him, you know, what do you think about the whole Shum situation? I mean, you know, you must be sort of pinching yourself. This is great. And he said, yeah, but he said, look what happened last season. I mean, you expected Mastay to go into the season then after beating a Mortel and neither of them went in at this stage. So, again, it's very, very early doors. Uh, but I have to say, Ryan, he, you know, Shum kind of scared me a bit because he was that stocky you know, weirdly sculpted guy for a punter. I was like, why are you doing that apart from trying to steal people's wives? Are you the John Terry of the Packers? I mean, are you going to be going around? Because I, I, you know, if my missus went off and I'd be like, I understand, right? It's fair enough. But Vogel fits the bill. I think he's about six foot four. He's kind of a more wiry kind of guy. You know, he's one of these guys that you can imagine him getting a leg up around his ear. Uh, he averaged, as I said, 43.8, which is just miles ahead of Shum. Uh, 25 of those kicks landed inside the 20-yard line, so that was about one-third or so of his kicks uh, just over. Um, and only two of them resulted in touchbacks, uh, which is pretty good. So two out of 20 touchbacks and 33 ended in fair catches so over half of his kicks ended in fair catches and what that tells you is is a not only is he kicking way longer than Shuman Maste did and if he did that this season let's say he he is the punter now I don't know why we're talking so much about punters people are probably snoozing off and crashing the cars into barriers it's because it's the off season and there's nothing yeah. else to talk about probably right. but this kind of you know what this, this <laughs> it does kind of interest me right so uh, over half his uh, his punts were ended in fair catches. So this means a he's kicking the ball long, and two he's putting some major hang time on those kicks. Now, if you think about it, the teams that he played on wouldn't have had a gunner uh, like Jeff Janis to get down there super fast. So now we've super fast guys. The NFL is about a billion times faster than college. So now we've a guy who can have massive hang time on his punts. Uh, he has a good distance on his punts. He's a good directional punter. Uh, he's able to get it into the 20-yard line and pin back the off- offense of the opposing team. And we've gunners that are going to get down there pretty quick, which might force fumbles, which will definitely stop them in their tracks. Look, if he can do it when the lights are on, when game time is rolling, when you know the, he has defensive and special teams players breathing down his neck, if he can perform then to the same level, maybe we can get into at least the top 20, if not the top 10 punters in the league. And as we saw last season, Ryan, wasn't it very important for the Packers to get that field position of their own, you know? And that that's kind of what we look at with the likes of this punting is we want to pin them back, make sure we don't give them that yardage. And then when our offense does come on, hopefully after defense making a good stop, that we're not down in our own 20, you, you know, it's... It's, it was ridiculous. The last two seasons, sometimes you're like, Jesus Christ, here we are again, pinned back. And like we saw in the season yeah. over against the Jags last season, that's one thing that we said we had to look out for. And it's, we got good field position and it ended up in touchdowns for the pack. 
Yeah, but I think there'll be two differences this year. The defense will improve, so field position should be better from that sense, and our offense will hopefully be even better and uh, maybe keep the punter completely off the field, and then it won't matter how good or bad or indifferent mm. he is. Yeah. But here's the, here's the hoping, right? Really good at uh, warming the bench with his arse. But... He's, he's the kind of player, though, you don't mind having to pay a punter to sit on the bench all day. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's okay with me. Yeah, and if you're uh, if Mason only comes on to kick the extra points, uh, happy days. You know, keep the trees off. But come here, that sort of brings up another debate, right? So what we're kind of hoping in that regard is is that we get good field position. We can only get that by having a pretty solid defense. Now, Dom Capers came out this week and said that, you know, when he looked at the outside linebacker group, he said that, you know, we're pretty much set. He even said we've been thinner at the position than we are now. So let's recap. So we've Clay Matthews, uh, again, who has suffered an awful lot of injuries lately. And again, if you look at his position ranking, it's not great. And Nick Perry uh, had a fantastic year, but he's coming off a monster contract. That never bodes well for people coming off a monster contract because, you know, people say it's that psychological thing where they've got paid now. Um, you know, do they need to prove themselves anymore? And they want to prove themselves with the edges isn't there anymore when they're in a contract year like Perry was last year. And then outside of that, we have Kyler Fackrell, um, who was doing really well until he pulled his hammy. And Mike McCarthy, I think, came out and said, you know, he was really getting going. Then he pulled that hamstring and then a kind of you know, really scuppered his season. Apparently he's back, he's 10 pounds heavier. He's built that muscle again. He says that he hasn't given up any speed to put on that weight. And then outside of him, you have mm-hmm. J. Ron Elliott, which an awful lot of people are super high on. So, Ryan, do you yeah. subscribe to Capers and McCarthy saying that we've been thinner to position and that we're, you know, we're pretty much set? No, no, basically. Um, the problem is when you look at it, and, and these are the players I really like on the team, okay? I like Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez in the middle. I, mm. I think they're really good players. I also like Joe Thomas. I think he does a good job, but I think that's all he is. He's, he's sort of a, and I don't mean it with any disrespect, but I don't think he's ever going to be a starting caliber player. He is a he's a backup guy, which very, very important, and we need him, but you need a big squad. We've seen with the injuries. Um, now, Nick Perry, as you said, Funny enough, only seemed to play brilliantly well, like like his uh, like his sort of status deserved in the year where he had to play well to get a contract, and that yeah worries us a little bit. Now, on his side of the field, you're probably looking at Jay Elliott. A lot of people are high on him. He's got to start proving it at some point, because yeah, he always looks fantastic in the preseason games. He looks fantastic in the little flashes that we see him here and there through the season. Um, but he maybe needs to start trying to really push Nick Perry then for that starting spot. And I don't know if he's got that. Um, Kyler Fackrell on the other side, you're right, showed, showed a little glimpse of something at the start of last year. But that that, that went for, for a reason sort of out of his control, if you like. Um, can he dislodge Clay Matthews? Is Clay Matthews done? I don't believe Clay Matthews is done. Um, and I think you'll probably see him moved around to try and find more favourable matchups, try and, try and get him sort of more one-on-one with defenders mm. um and then you know if you look further back the likes of Vince Beagle who hopefully just you know just for the good feel story you know hopefully he can do something but then there's another other, sort of other bunch of guys on the roster that they're, they're, they're going to be practice squad guys I can't can't see him doing a great deal um and of course you've got Jordan Tripp as well a guy that came in sort of late through last year has ended up playing mainly just special teams um uh, Maybe this guy with a full sort of off-season of practice can do something. But there's, when you look at that sort of 
linebacker crew there. You you don't see. It's going to sound very harsh. The big sort of star names are not there. Yeah. Okay. That some of the other teams have. You know, the sort of feared linebacking crews in the league have. Um, you know, yes, it's got Clay Matthews there, and yes, that's a star name, but it's it's almost like the uh, unless. How many we can upset with this one? It's the Liverpool Football Club of linebackers at this point. In that, we're all we all know what they did to do, um, but can they do it again now? Yeah. So stop. Stop. We can't live on that past sort of 2010 showing, uh, 2011 season forever and ever. You know. So he's got to come back. He's got to do something new. Um, there's certainly potential in there, but it needs everybody to perform, everybody to stay fit. Uh, but yeah. For some of the comments they made, and I get it, it's pre-season hype, if you like, or off-season hype, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, and of course, why wouldn't we be confident about that? And why wouldn't we want to be positive about that? But I'm not sure it quite adds up when you actually look at the team sheet. No, and I think what sort of scuppers the Packers every year, as it does, like every team gets injuries. But And it seemed like every player last season for us was injured. But if we just take... J. Ron Elliott, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, and take a look at... So what I did was is I went and got uh, the entire injury report by week uh, last year just to see, you know, where did we stand with these players? Are they reliable to... You know, are we going to have Clay... Inevitably, right, we're going to have Clay Matthews and, and J. Ron Elliott and Nick Perry in rotation. They're not... Like, even if they stay healthy for all games, you know, they will be rotated to a degree. But let's take Jaron Elliott for example. So he was he had a he was doubtful for week one, hamstring injury. Doubtful for week two, hamstring injury. Um, and then I think it's sorry, I'm trying to read off a report here. So he was out in week sixteen with a hand injury, and then he was questionable in week seventeen. And you might say, how was it week seventeen? Because we had the bye week in week four, so it's effectively our sixteenth game. He was questionable with a hand injury. Uh, Wildcard playoffs again questionable with a hand injury, and then in the divisional round again with that hand injury so he was carrying injuries from the very start of the season that's week one week two all the way up to our divisional game and if you look at clay mm-hmm. matthews i mean week three bad ankle uh, hamstring injury marked as questionable he was questionable that hamstring again in week eight nine he was out in week 10 week 11 again hamstring he was back but he was questionable and then in weeks 13 and 14 he had that shoulder injury so i mean basically for yeah you know, like, how long has he been sort of stringing along with all of these injuries? Now, everyone seemed to be carrying knocks. And in fact, what made me dip into the injury report at all, Ryan, I was absolutely sick to the teeth of hearing this thing because, again, OTAs and they get the likes of Demarius Randall and Quinton Rollins, you know, in front of the camera and they ask him about, oh, you know, how, how do you think this year is going to go for you? And I was I'm sick of people saying like because Joe Witt was up there and he was talking about the cornerback saying that they can't have a get at a jail free card that you know the the injuries that he was carrying was crazy and I was like I've been saying that myself on the podcast for so long but I've never looked into it to see how bad that injury was and I looked up the uh, the injury report of like how long this dude was injured basically from week five on he was injured so yeah. week five questionable with the groin week six questionable with the groin then from week seven eight nine ten and eleven he was out then from week 12 all the way up to the end of the season it was a groin injury up to week 13 it was a groin injury and an illness in week 14 and then it switched to a shoulder in week 16 17 he was injured with a knee injury in the wildcard playoffs 
and then he had a foot injury in the divisional round so Ryan I mean talk about a laundry list of injuries and again like what was that 10 weeks 11 weeks this guy was injured for and different injuries yeah it's it's unreal actually when you put it into that it's a pretty good perspective to give uh to give everybody because I think there's just a general feeling that the the players dis- diminished yeah uh, but actually when you talk about things like that and him being in the position he was in trying to fight his way uh, through injuries, trying to just stay on the field and do his bit. Obviously, it gives a, a different side to it. And actually, there was probably a number of players, uh, and we know there was a number of players on the defense and and some of the offensive guys. I mean, TJ Lang did it later in the year, didn't he, as well? Yeah. Was playing on sort of injuries um, just because, you know, the team needed it and because, you know, that's that's what football players do. If You know, they almost have to be dragged off the field or carted off the field. Um, so, yeah, it certainly gives a different side to things. Um, look, we know that this team, in the past two or three years, we've had the same situation every year where if we can keep the team fit and we can keep the guys on their feet, then we know that we could achieve big things. Now, it hasn't happened for us. We need some luck in that department. Now, there's no there's no reason for it, okay? it's uh, There's nothing going on with the medical team. There's nothing going on with the water in Green Bay. You know, it's, not, it's there's no conspiracy theory to it. It's simply bad luck. And the group... Green Bay Packers need a little bit of a luck of the Irish in that sense. Uh, and they need they need uh, to just keep everybody healthy. And if they can do that, then the improved play of the team, the consistency of having the same team on the field every week will, will go. And that, that will be the difference between getting to the championship game and losing and going all the way to the Super Bowl is just to keep the team where it needs to be, which is on the field. Yeah, and it happens to every team. The Chargers are most notably the team that just get decimated every single year with injuries, and you're thinking, Jesus, what's happening there? Kyler Fackrell as well, being a rookie, so coming in, and most of these rookies, when they come in, you know, they've been doing combines and workouts and all the rest of that type of stuff. Um, So, you know, it's it's a very, very, very long first season, so you hope that when they come back into it then, uh, after sort of an, a bit of time off to rest that these guys will come back stronger so like we've I've just mentioned you know Demarius Randall's injuries and after seeing that I was like Jesus I mean how could you expect someone to play at any type of a high level then I was like right the second guy who gets lambasted Quinton Rollins so again uh, week 6 questionable with, with a groin week 7 and 8 he was out with the groin injury week nine he was questionable with the groin and then the wildcard playoffs uh, neck concussion he was out and then neck concussion neck concussion again in the divisional round and the nfc championship game so you know as questionable so you're looking at this and even joe wick came out then and was saying even about ladarius gunter a guy who kind of stepped up to the plate and people thought he was the best out of the cornerbacks and people felt that, you know, mm-hmm. he stepped in there, did a good job, but could have been better. But Joe Witt was even saying he asked Gunter to do stuff that even Gunter wasn't really comfortable doing. And even Joe Witt knew that Gunter wasn't up to the task for what type of role that they were trying to use him in. And I think that's why everyone's so indebted to Micah Hyde um, as well. And they were sort of like, oh, I can't believe he's gone. Was because he stepped in and did a utility role and did his best when we really needed someone to step up to the plate. And one of the things that Gunter did was to try track Julio Jones in that game. An absolute standout wide receiver. Kept him quiet for a lot of the game. Gunter was the guy who shut down OBJ. Who after our game went on and had, I think he went and scored in an ordinary amount of touchdowns that kind of kicked off OBJ's season after yeah. he played the Giants you know so I mean Gunter stepped in and did a great job and after reading that Ryan I'm super excited now about the cornerbacks and what we're going to see especially with that increased competition 
Do you know what? I think I'm sure I've said this before and I get the feeling with Gunter and I know there's probably a stat out there. And if there is, <laughs> you probably know it. But <laughs> with, with Gunter, the thing that the thing that I get the feeling is there was actually quite a lot of good things he did. But unfortunately, when he got it wrong, it went very wrong. And so, as is always the way, which seems to just be the, the sort of, I don't know, is it? the way in which humans do things. I don't know. Everybody remembers when something is crap, mm. when something went wrong, when something's a negative, but we're very, very bad at remembering a positive and when something went well, when to give praise and all that sort of thing. And that's, that's life. Okay. That, that happens. But I don't think Gunter was as bad as we thought he was, if that makes sense, or, or for, for the negative press that he received, essentially. Um, now this season, whole new off season, um, to learn new things, to learn maybe and get more reps and doing some of the things he was asked to do. You can see a lot of improvement in him. The secondary anyway is going to be vastly improved. Mm. Um, it has new personnel. It, it, hopefully, if it can stay fit, it will be something. The the players like like Randall, for example, got a bit of stick. I think at one point in the season last year, even Ha-Ha Clinton-Dix was getting a bit of stick right, right in the, you know, sort of the really sticky patch at the start. So, these guys will, I mean, ha-ha Clinton Diggs, you know, he he was fine last year. He sort of bounced back anyway. Randall will bounce back. These players will be good. Get them all working together with the new personnel, whole off-season, going into new season. I am, again, I'm excited about what our defence will do. I think I got it horribly wrong last year. After the first couple of games, I sort of said, oh, I think we're going to have a top-five defence. I got that wrong. I got it horribly, horribly wrong. Um, and I'm surprised there's somebody out there Scotty Mann or somebody hasn't picked me up on that one. Um, but, you know, there's no reason why this season is it's a blank stack sheet, okay? It's all new. There's new personnel. There's things happening. No reason why we can't go out there and do it this year. All right, but uh, I'll leave the bold predictions uh, to somebody else right now. <laughs> well, um, it's funny that you mentioned just about those, you know, when someone does something wrong and someone remembers it and it's something mm -hmm. that sticks out. Right, you do a great job on the podcast, a brilliant job entertaining you've got a silky smooth I voice but going somewhere yeah i i just like i'd like you to step into my office if you wouldn't mind um i think we just need a bit of a review is this uh is it close the door yeah if you can close the door there please uh -oh. so right. let me just play something back to you from last week he runs back and he plants the ball on the callous dowboy's star the callous dowboy's the callous dowboy's uh, right, can you can you fill me in on who exactly the Callous Dowboys are? Callous <laughs> uh, Dowboys, yeah. So this goes back to um, you know right back in the other days, back when you had the Chicago Staleys and right. uh, some of the okay. other more um, beautifully named teams. Uh, the Callous Dowboys were mm. a very very sort of small team, mostly unknown. They sound uh, mean, man. From, they sound callous. Yeah, up, they're up from someplace uh, near Portland or something, and uh, yeah, okay. the Callous Dowboys, great team. Right, come here. I think we're going to have to do some vocal uh, flexible uh, work here. Um, so the, the Callous Dowboys, uh, it's actually called a spoonerism. So when you mix up, you know, the first letter of each one. So, right. So, in you know, you're the big spoon, I'm the little spoon. There's spoonerism going on here. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to set you a bit of a task here, right? So just to make okay. sure, because the first part of the podcast has been great. It's been excellent. The standard's been quite high. But I just want to make sure that we keep that going because I'm kind of conscious that the Callous Dowboys thing came in nearly at the end of the podcast. So I just want to pause here and do a vocal workout. 
brilliant. Okay. Right. So what I want you to do I is I want... think we should tell everybody that we talk about a lot of stuff. We do have yeah. pre pods, right? Where we have a little bit of a chat about what we're gonna talk about, make sure we sort of we you know, we're on the same page on a couple of things or whatever. Yeah. There was no mention of doing this. <laughs> yeah. But, well, um I wanted, so yeah, thank what, you. Wanted to get your reaction live. It's like when you sprung that game on me, like, you know, Brett Favre or you know, Brett Good and all this type of stuff. So I'm just saying. Right, I want you to repeat these after me. Just, you know, it's think of it like Anchorman. Jesus. And we have okay. to get this first time, right? You ready? Mm-hmm. Set at Sain- Sainsbury's sells thick socks. I didn't even get that. Something right. about six socks. <laughs> right, repeat after me. Are you ready? Set okay, at Sainsbury's sells thick socks. Sarah at Sainsbury's sells six socks. <laughs> six socks. Thick socks. Thick socks. Right, that's a big X mark for that. This is not going too well. Right, next one. You ready? Go on in. <laughs> Roberta ran rings around the Roman ruins. Roberta ran rings around the Roman ruins. Nice. Got that one. Yeah, fair play. That's a big ding. Right, second last one. How can a clam cram in a clean cream can? How can a clam cram in a clean cream can? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at I think all. I nearly got it. I tripped About 94% of it. Yeah, I tripped over that and I was reading the damn thing. Okay, last one. <laughs> and you have to say this instantly after me because this is a well-known one. Okay. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Right, let's let's make it sort of ex-packer related. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled Julius Peppers. <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh, right so that, that's that's step one of your vocal workout yeah. right brilliant step one so that was step one yeah there's more to it we're in otas here so the next one i want to do is because the real problem was not your vocal dexterity it was the spoonerisms action to it okay right so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go back to our callous boys and i'm gonna call out some spoonerisms that i created and you have to correct them you ready? All right. Yep. Number one, waste and jitten. I didn't even what. So who? What player is this? Waste and jitten. Jason Witten. There you go. Ding. Next one, Pack Dresscott. Pack Dresscott. Bez Dryant. Des Des Bryant. There you go. <laughs> Jesus. Bowl Keasley. Oh, don't get that one. Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Next he's one. just all going to be Dallas play. Yeah, all Dallas. All yeah, right. all, all your Callis Dale boys. They all play for them. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll hit you with one more. Oh, can't wait for the Ban Daly. Can't wait for Callis the Lark. <laughs> <laughs> Ban Daly. Ban Daly. Dan Bailey. There you no, go. That's the kicker, yeah. And okay. here's actually last one. Are you ready? Now this one's difficult. Are you ready? Go on. Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to get that wrong. Yeah. I was trying to think of something funny to say. I can't even do it. No. The other one well, could be Ezekiel Elliott. Well, well done. You passed. I think that's uh, that's that's pretty good going. I thought you were going to say Dallas Clark and then I was going to have to say Callus Dark. <laughs> Callus Dark. <laughs> I'm scared of the dark, mate. Um, but come here. I'll tell you what. What we'll do is we'll jump into... Clown of the week. And if I may, can I add in 
this is going to be a week's first to do this as well. I think Clown of the Week this week matches up perfectly with Leave It Out. So can we can we put the two of them together for this week? I think we can do exactly what we want. <laughs> I think it's our podcast and F everybody else. Yeah, we'll oh. do what we want to do. Thanks. Cheers yeah. for listening. Right, let's let's play boat drops. Leave it out. Right, so when we're doing our research for this, I sort of there's there's a number of processes that we go through. One of them is to sort of dip into the general NFL news because we get some kind of you know catchy little headlines. Like one of them was Aaron Rodgers celebrates NBA Finals with jumpers, um, and then you know it, there was all this story as well that Aaron Rodgers is now on Instagram, and of course that's absolutely fascinating. And then we had an article on Ty Montgomery and he explains why he prefers running back to receiver. And that was kind of informative. And then we have Charles Woodson's number being given away at the Raiders, number 24 to Marshawn Lynch. You know, all kind of Packery related, ex-Packer related, Packer legend related. And it's all good stuff. However, Ryan, there's just been so many articles from players who... I don't know it's like a massive bullshit alert you know where they just they come out and say some complete drivel and that's kind of you know leave it out just don't bother saying you know this player like oh I've come back from the off season and I feel great and I'm the best I've ever been you're like oh, alright man piss off you know like of course you are and everybody says that it's like anyone in a job interview you know you're never going to ask them do you think you're able to do the job and they go eh maybe you know they're going to come out and go I've never worked as hard in my life as I have for the first you know like there's always some reason so I mean how many stories did we find this week alone of some player coming out saying that he's the bomb diggity yeah oh this time I'm going to get it right this time I'll be the best I've ever been yeah and it's just like no so, you say why would you say anything else oh no this year yeah actually no i think i'm probably <laughs> gonna take a couple of plays off and yeah probably get half the stats i got last year yeah i'll have a so-so year i think not great the amount of switch i don't know why they're paying me what they are so uh what we decided <laughs> to do was is mix the two of them so i'm just gonna call out somebody now this is just in the last week alone which is complete horse manure so the leave it out is the player coming out and saying it's just like just don't just stop and the clown of the week are these journalists who keep coming out and these now bear in mind I haven't went deeper than, I've read all the articles but I haven't I'm not going to go deeper down into them because they're complete horse manure right I'm just going to read the headlines and just, look, listen to this so here's the first one Lawrence has eyes on a pro bowl after one sack 2016 this guy had one sack last year and uh, Ryan he's got his eye on the pro bowl well Look, it's good in life to have goals. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Why? And thing is, the reporter's done him no favors either because he yeah. didn't have to mention the one sack. One sack. But, and let's face it, mean? we all only have one sack. Next one, Redskins. You know no, no, but hang on, like, because say the guy was a kicker. <laughs> he got thrown in. There was a real bad issue at secondary. Everyone was injured, and yeah. they threw the kicker in. He came in and he rushes and he gets a sack. Then mm. that would be a pretty cool thing to put in a headline. But yeah. don't, don't. Do you know what I mean? If your job is getting sacks and you only got one, don't highlight it. Yeah. Bit so mean. the reporters not helped him out there. No. Bad reporter. Next one. Uh, Redskins, Zach Brown wants to win defensive MVP. Yeah, because he plays defense and you want to be the best. And guess what? Zach Brown uh, for the Skins has signed a one-year deal. So this is a guy on a one-year deal. They've obviously got a lot of faith in him uh, then. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, um, do you reckon if we went and spoke to Mike Daniels or, uh, I don't know, 
somebody else <laughs> on some other team, yeah. Don Hightower or whoever. Do you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure they all want to get defensive MVP. That's what they're probably paid for, and they've probably got a massive salary bonus in the in the contract mm. if they do. Breaking news: Man who has a so, job yeah. wants a salary at the end of the month. That's all it's saying. It's just like, yeah, of course you want, of course you want to win the defensive MVP, but you're on a one-year deal. Um, and yeah, so prove. And he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna prove everybody wrong who doubted me. I want to prove all the coaches <laughs> wrong." But like, so does like 97% of the league. The other 3% are punters and kickers. So uh, next one, Kevin White. I have to turn it up for the Bears in year three. Yeah, it's kind of what you're getting paid to do, bro. I mean, um, you know. So, so he's in year three. He's done jack for the first two years, and now he's like, "Oh, you're all right. Then I suppose I'll do something." Yeah, better turn it up. Uh, this one this one makes me laugh Travis Benjamin Johnny Manziel ready for a comeback no come back from what where is he coming back from the club at 4am and wants to I, come back to his hotel room I would love to see Johnny Manziel back in the NFL simple as that really it was such a train wreck to begin with you know he's a train wreck but he can play quarterback in my opinion and the Jets are already the worst team in the league. Just throw them on the Jets and see what the hell happens. <laughs> I mean, they're going to finish with the worst record in the league by far. But, bro, can you imagine Johnny Manziel in New York, the circus that is New York? It's not going to do him any favours. But he could be like the second coming of Joe Namath. Pure party boy, wants to play football, win games, get women. Do, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? kind of a different era like if I tell you what if Joe Namath was around when Twitter was around Joe Namath wouldn't be around because it'd be some type of scandal but um, next one exactly. Jordan, Jordan Howard out to prove he's no I'll just read a few of these because they're all ridiculous Jordan Howard out to prove he's no one year wonder next one Sterling Shepard eager to improve yards after the catch in year two of course Dante Fowler says breakout season in 17 quote will happen course Clayburn I can be number one corner in the NFL when healthy so can anybody Osweiler I'm absolutely good enough to be a starter now this one I watched the video on this one this is brilliant Brock Osweiler who's go down as the biggest bust in NFL history comes out and says that he's a starter because one of the reporters just said to him do you think you could be a starter in the NFL and he said yeah of course and they said well what do you say about the people who say that you know you can't be a starter and he goes well just look at my game tape from the past two years and the reporter goes yeah, we have, and people still don't think you're a starter. And That's he was why like, we're asking the question. Exactly. The thing is, though, he has been a starter on the Broncos, mm. hasn't he? And I yeah. think he was also a starter at the Texans, so he has been a starter. Um, it hasn't lit anybody up yet, but there was moments in there. Now, there's, if the Browns can give him a chance um, to do something, then who knows Well, if he's still on the roster come the start of the season. Bear in mind, Brock Osweiler is the only quarterback in NFL history who uh, was on a team that was leading their division and ended up getting benched. He's the only quarterback that that happened to because it does make sense, right? So you're leading the division and why would you bench your quarterback? Because he's probably the reason why you're leading. But he was so bad that they benched him. And not only did they bench him, they did it twice. So that's how bad this guy is. Uh, so moving on with these bull... But wasn't there something... There was something odd about that in itself, though, wasn't there? Because the Texans were... Had still not a great record, even though they were leading the division. The whole division was pretty poor, wasn't it? Yeah, the whole division is absolute trash. Exactly, it is, yeah. Um, which, again, kind of explains the, the anomaly, but at the same time... And again, like, apparently he threw his toys out of the pram when he did get benched, and then the quarterback who came in to replace him got injured and had to put him back in again. And apparently he made comments to the head coach, uh, Bill O'Brien, and said... 
uh, yeah, see, I told you. You know what I mean? Like, now you have to use me. You're not playing. He kind of sounded super needy. Like, uh, you know, you're not playing me because you want to play me. You're playing me because you need to. And, you know, I, I'm just imagine O'Brien came out and said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, everyone knows that. Um, so yeah. next one. Uh, I, like, I like Bill O'Brien. Ever since I see him on the hard knocks, Bill o- there's just something about Bill O'Brien that I think I would like as a coach. Yeah. And then at the same time, I think he, you know, if you give him any jip, he could probably also slam you through a table. Yeah, that's it's just a, it. Just came, he came across for me. He came across really well in Hard Knocks. I liked him. I just like him because his second name's O'Brien. I like him. Yes, you do. Like he is well. your distant father or something. Distant father? Can that happen? Can that I happen? I don't know. You have an unknown father. Well, I'm trying to think of who now. <laughs> um. So next, next to Rob Gronkowski looks like Gronk in return from injury. Of course he does, because Rob Gronkowski happens to be <laughs> Rob <he> Gronkowski. Because <laughs> yeah. he does it every week yeah. as well. He comes uh, back from injury every other week. Yeah, he's injured all the time. And like, and he I, looks like Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, this, this, would, this, this would be a sensational headline if it was like, Danny Amandola looks like Gronk in return from injury. You know what I mean? If he looked like <laughs> Rob Gronkowski. That, that, that's an article I want to read. Um, Do you remember, Jen, it's one of them things, you know when these people have like brain injuries and they wake up and they go, a uh, woman wakes from brain injury after three years and can speak fluent Chinese. Yeah. And you go, what? So in this case, Julie Edelman goes into hospital for a little bit of a, a hammy sort out and he wakes <laughs> up after 30 minutes and it's yeah. like, man goes into hospital for a hammy operation, wakes up looking like Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. What? Instantly Just does beer talk. pong and hangs out with porn stars. <laughs> it's not a bad person to wake up looking like, is it? No, what a dude. <laughs> and I mean, I was just looking at the store because my son's um, scheduled to be like well over six foot by his measurables. So I was sort of thinking like, geez, he's going to be a handful when he's older. And then our second is due in September. And I just assume it's going to be a boy because I'm just, you know, destined to have kids that are all boys. And I keep looking back at all those stories of the Gronkowski brothers where they just used to beat the shit out of each other when they're at home. And I was thinking, that house just sounded like an absolute handful. But uh, last one, uh, Broncos, Von Miller wants to be a GOAT-type player. Now, yeah, Von Miller is a great player. He was the absolute difference maker in that Super Bowl win. Um, but again, kind of what a bullshit article is that? Like, he wants to be a, a GOAT-type player you know arguably is on the defense i didn't bother reading the article for this because it was like yeah fair enough who cares his his problem will be is i think he'll always struggle to get stats because people know how dangerous he is so they, they double up on him for example i had von miller in a, a fantasy league uh where you pick all the individual defensive players as well now the yeah. draft goes on for days uh and by the time you get to your your you know your picks right down the bottom you're half hammered and can't remember who you got but the problem with Von Miller was is that every week he just he wasn't getting the big numbers last season because everyone had kind of got wise to him. Um, so yeah, absolutely, like you say, he, he could he could well be that. And and these these statements, I know I got a little off tangent there, but it wouldn't be a UK Packers podcast if we didn't. Um, look, these statements are mental, aren't they? Because it is just like I'll give you one now. I'll give you a headline. Ryan wants to work on ESPN this year. Of course he does. Mm probably not going to happen because he keeps saying callous style boys but <laughs> that's do you know what I mean I don't know it's just mental isn't it yeah it's aspirations but again it is the off season and sometimes it is hard to come up with headlines but and I suppose these are all from outlets that you know for instance they're on NFL.com so these guys get paid and they have to come up with something I yeah, doubt yeah, they yeah. can walk into and, their and editor I get that. And, yeah I get that but for me why would you focus on something like this which is not a story or saying something like I don't know you know Julian Edelman wants to get a thousand yard season. Of course he does. 
That's, yeah. that's his receiver. That's what he's aiming for. Um, but why would you focus on that? And you wouldn't focus on just writing the stories of, of you know the things like the good things that like Martellus Bennett does um, behind the scenes. Um, for example, you know, okay, it got good coverage this week. The Jordy Nelson softball game. Um, because of the, the good causes that that raises money for and so on. So those things are out there in the off-season. Go and find out about the players. Go and find out what they're doing off the field. Again, like I said earlier, the press will very often find a, a player doing something off the field in the off-season that's bad and negative, and they, that thing will blow up and it will be the biggest thing. Mm. But there's so many more players out there doing so many different positive things for their communities, for their, you know, for, for disadvantaged people, for, for, for all sorts of charities um, not only in the USA, but but sort of all over the place. You know, there's been people that have gone to Africa, South America, whatever. So focus on those things. They're the they're the things I, I want to read in the off season. I want a little bit about what's going on in camp and about who's competing for who, who's looking good, who's not, who's being cut, who's being added. Yeah, we want that. Don't give us the the just you know the copy paste story every season. Let let's focus a bit on the good side of these players and let's let's find out a bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And also, like, yeah, they, you know, Von Miller can come out and say that he wants to be a gold type player. Uh, Dante Fowler can come out and say that he wants his breakout season. But the thing is, so say a Von Miller piece, how I would approach it, I don't know, because we all know the NFL heads are all listening to this. But if, if I was to write a piece about, you know, Von Miller saying he wants to be like the greatest of all time, well, then get his position and go back through all of the greatest of all time at his position and say that this is the benchmark that he needs to get to. This is where he is at the moment. This is where he needs to go with his season. This is his schedule this season. This is where he's likely to get some of that uh, production. You know, there's so much more of a deeper piece that you can get by just, you know, some guy coming out with some horseshit phrase about like how he wants to be a great player. Of course they all do. But speaking of absolute great players and someone who actually, you know, was an amazing player but never got the plaudits that he wanted and we're recording this of a Sunday... And I know you're probably going to be listening on Monday and for, you know, the rest of the week. But today, Sunday, is Jerry Kramer Day in Wisconsin, which was an absolutely lovely touch uh, by the governor of Wisconsin to say that it's it's Jerry Kramer Day. Um, again, a guy who seems to be, you know, superly high valued in his lifetime in by people who understand what he did, but not given those plaudits by anybody um, outside now I again I don't even know if that's particularly fair but certainly by anybody who has the power to recognise Jerry for you know his commitment to the game his his prowess at the game Ryan he's still not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and we met Jerry he's in great spirits uh, on our last trip in Green Bay but he's getting old now and especially for an American football player um, it's very worrying the age that he's kind of getting to and we really do want him to get into the Hall of Fame when he's all of his faculties about him um, and he can really, you know, enjoy that sort of uh, accolade. And it's it's kind of sad, isn't it, that they still haven't recognised Jerry Kramer, number 64. Yeah, quite frankly, it's, uh, it's complete bullshit, isn't it? Because th there's so many people out there sort of saying about oh yeah there's too many from that era already and it doesn't matter if they're good enough the hall of fame only looks at the player it doesn't matter who else is in there they look at that one player and do they deserve to be in or not this guy definitely deserves to be in he was i mean yeah all right a lot of people go you know he was the sort of the kingpin if you like of the packer sweep you know um there's others that will say you know he's the, he's the guy that won us the ice bowl there are those iconic moments but there's so much more than that he was there for a long time he was a big, important player. Um, somebody that now, I mean, you, you'll probably be able to tell the listeners better than me because you, 
you, as you said, got the chance to meet him last year. But just even now, you're listening to him talking about the team, to working under Lombardi, the, the players he played with. You know, this guy is, is everything that, that you'd want from his on-the-field stuff to his off-the-field stuff. This is the guy that you want in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And the fact he's not in there, for me kind of makes a bit of a joke of the Pro Football Hall of Fame that they can keep ignoring this guy. And we're not I, – I, I never get in the habit of saying, you know, oh, he should be in there instead of this guy. Because every year sort of when the nominations get put forward, somebody will ask the question, well, if you put him in, who are you taking out? No, 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 it's not about that. Everybody in the Hall of Fame deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay? And it's just that so does this guy. And until he gets in there, for me, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is not something I'm, I'm particularly interested in. Yeah, uh, certainly if it is that, oh, there's enough guys in there already. I mean, that's kind of, it's like, Jesus. It's it'd a be dumb like, reason. Isn't it? It's like marking exam papers and someone gets all the answers right and go, ah, we kind of already have enough people getting straight A's, so we, you know, we can't give him an A. But he got all the answers right. Yeah, I know, but like we already have 20 guys who got, you know, it's ridiculous. If I So I'm going to read out his stats for anybody because... We appreciate that not everybody is, is, you know, kind of NFL nuts like we are. And I'm going to read the stats, and it's just beggar's belief that he isn't there. So he was drafted in the fourth round out of the University of Idaho. He was a, a 39th overall pick. He played 11 seasons uh, for Green Bay. It was the only team that he played for from 1958 to 1968. Mm-hmm. Um, he was five. Now, this is the thing. Like, you say all of that stuff, and they're like, yeah, great, but that doesn't mean that he's in the Hall of Fame because he played 11 years. So here's the stats. Uh, he was selected as an all-pro first teamer five times in 1960, 62, 63, 66 and 67. Three times selected to a Pro Bowl in 62, 63 and 67. He was um, selected to the all-pro second team at 68. Uh, he won the NFL championship five times, 61, 62, 65, 66 and 67. A two-time Super Bowl champion, which was the first Super Bowl in 66 and the second in 67. He led the NFL in field goal percentage in 1962 because he was also a kicker. His conversion rate was 81%, which is ridiculous back then. Um, he finished fourth mm-hmm. in the NFL in scoring in 63, uh, just one point ahead of Jim Brown with 91 points. He was a member of the 1960s first team all-decade team. He was the member of the NFL's 50th anniversary team. And he's the only member of that 50th anniversary team that isn't in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, he's a member of the Super Bowl anniversary team. And finally, Ryan... See that those... Sorry, go on. No, just finally, he's a member of the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame. And also, he does speaking engagements and he keeps getting announced as the Pro Football Hall of Famer, uh, Jerry Kramer. And he's not, he's he's in the Packers Hall of Fame. And it's like people have just assumed that he's in there and have forgotten that he still isn't yeah. in yet. Sorry to jump in on you. It's only because I get so passionate and, and, and sort of almost angry when I hear about this. I mean, you've listed off there, achievement after achievement after achievement. There were so many more as well um, as, as, a, as a Vandals player in college. Uh, for example, I think he was Idaho's first ever All-American at football. Yeah. Um, there was many other things he did. I think he played in the college All-Star game and beat the the reigning uh, champions from from the I don't know if it had been the NFL then or or had been the uh, whatever they called it back then. Um, but there's so much he's done throughout his career, and, and and the stuff he's done in Green Bay. You kind of go, what else does he need to do? Mm. The fact that you said you know he's on that sort of um, the, was it. What do they call it? The, yeah, 50, the NFL's 50th, 50th anniversary team. Yeah, the only guy on it not to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. And then if you look at some of the other guys that have got in 
um, or you look at some of the other sort of superstars through the years, not just Green Bay players, but but players all through the league, um, from players to coaches to GMs, whoever. So many people say that he should be in that Hall of Fame. And yet, I don't know who sits on the board or, or, or the committee that decides these things, but whoever it is, they're clearly gone full skip and the Reds are gone. Yeah. Because it's it's just unbelievable when you read it off. I mean, we know it anyway, but when you read all that stuff off, it just makes it even more and more obvious. And it's, it's almost embarrassing on their part. And do you know what, Ryan? Stats are one thing, but the NFL is indebted to him because he played in the ice ball game, made that key block. He told Bart Starr and Vince Lombardi on the sideline, I can make this block, mm-hmm. he can get in for the touchdown and did it. That game was credited with putting the NFL on the big stage because back then it wasn't taken seriously. Uh, even the, the footage of the actual Super Bowl, they wrote over yeah. to record something else. It wasn't taken seriously. But that game was seen as to really shoot the NFL into the limelight. It was such a gripping game. Um, and, you know, he was the, one of the most famous uh, football players after that play and he was sort of like you know for an offensive lineman to get those accolades and to be that famous he was doing adverts the legacy that he gave the NFL to sort of push them into the limelight when baseball was the premier premium sport over in the states mm-hmm. at the time not only that Ryan he gave us one of the most candid memoirs ever and I, I re- I've read it about three or four times now instant replay if you don't have it just run out and re- get it it's a, it's written in diary form it's Jerry Kramer talking about uh, what it's like to be under Vince Lombardi it's um, it's a really unfiltered look of how he felt he talks about wanting to quit the game and why am I still doing it he, he gives Lombardi quotes he's writing it down after and during when Vince is actually talking so you know that the words are Vince Lombardi's words that come out of his mouth something that we wouldn't have if it wasn't for Jerry Kramer and Ryan hasn't he been a fantastic ambassador for Lombardi and kept that flame alive yeah. and kept his profile up after that you know listening to him talk about Lombardi I mean he does, he's he's been involved in plenty of documentaries, as you say. The book Instant Replay is fantastic, um, but as well all the all the dinner the di- the after dinner speaking type type uh, things that he goes on. Listening to him talk about, it, you still see his face now light up when he talks about Coach Lombardi. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's inspiring that all these years later he still holds him in such high regard. Um, he's somebody that. And I imagine again, so so gutted when when I found out I couldn't go to Green Bay last year, um, to then find out you guys were meeting Jerry Kramer. Sort of my heart sank a little bit that I was going to miss out on that. But I imagine he's the kind of guy where you feel like I could just speak to this guy all day. And even then, there would be so much he he hadn't told me. But I, you know, I I could just sit there for days on end just listening to this. He's that kind of guy. He very he's very sort of captivating when he speaks. Yeah. But Ryan, a testament to that sort of stuff as well is, is that look how young we are. In like, none of us were alive when he was making those blocks and playing in the sixties, you know. And uh, granted, some of the people that come over to Green Bay with us were, but one we're talking about him at the age we are on the podcast, which shows how timeless his legacy already is, and that he is a living legend. You know, us talking about him right now is proof of that. The fact that today or yesterday, for anybody listening to this, was Jerry Kramer Day in a state in America, which is just ridiculous. And when we met him. We had been tailgating all morning and, you know, there's there's pictures of us doing shot skis, which is like, you know, shots off skis and just everyone was getting Larry and it was, it was great fun. But we went to him just before the actual game kicked off and a room full of people who'd been out partying a jovial attitude. The room, Ryan, you could hear a pin drop. So we were standing around, we were getting stuff signed with him 
and one question would come in and he'd just go on and as you say his eyes would light up and he'd he'd bark that Vince Lombardi like this is we play on my time not on your time and the way he goes on it's just he barks those Lombardi words and it's just you can you can see Vince with the thick cream glasses and the fedora style hat on with the long mm-hmm. sort of beige coat and you can hear him come through someone who carried Vince off yeah. the field during those victories and it's absolutely spine chilling and what we want to do is we want to appeal to people and we, me and Ryan have both done it numerous, over numerous years now is that we want you to write to the Pro Football Hall of Fame so we've retweeted a tweet on our Twitter so just head along there if you don't mind and go on and the address to the Pro Football Hall of Fame senior committee is there and they tell you who to address it to and just appeal it doesn't have to be Jerry Kramer's a legend and a, and a you know a 40 page article just say hi I really wish you would consider Jerry Kramer you know to be one of the old school nominees and just send it off for the price of a stamp Um, because if we can get Jerry in because Ryan what breaks my heart every single year is seeing his daughter who idolises him Um, yeah you know go through this stuff because she says it at the end of every year that look um, I'm not going to do it again this year it breaks my heart it breaks dad's heart dad doesn't want me to go and campaign to try get him in all the time uh, you know this is solely my purpose and I'm not doing it anymore she had a little boy I think his name's Charlie and when uh, we interviewed her for the mm-hmm. podcast little Charlie was was babbling in the background and she you know <laughs> yeah. she was trying to raise him and, and deal with the campaign for her dad and it was tough on her and then the next year you know she's she just can't let it go and she goes for it again and then she's like no no that's it I resign I, I quit this is ridiculous and then she'll go back and do it again like wonderful woman uh, loving daughter and just heartbreaking to see this happen every year and just and we all know there's there's an awful lot of activists out there from the UK Packers who really campaign hard to get Jerry in every year but just one more time folks if we can just do it just you know go on to our Twitter go on to jerrykramer.com go to Alicia Kramer go to the Twitter handle I think it's Jerry Kramer 4 the uh, number 4 uh, HOF Hall of Fame go to that Twitter handle you can find all the info there and let's try get Jerry in this year. He deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. It's as simple as that. Go get it done. It won't take you very long. Uh, and let's face it as well. Maybe, just maybe, if there's a lot of voices starting to come from outside of the United States, maybe they go, well, hang on. He's actually, this legend has sort of transcended the waves, if you like. And there's uh, now people in Europe are calling for it as well. So our little bit of help, however little it may seem, could make a big difference. Let's go do that. Yeah and so what we'll do is we've kind of ran on so what we'll what we'll do is we'll leave off the the fan of the week um uh this week and what we'll do is we'll resume that again going forward next week we just really wanted to spend the time uh to to go in depth to this you know jerry kramer saga and hopefully put an end to this once and for all and there'll be tears certainly in my eyes and i know probably in your eyes ryan if you know we do see jerry get the nod and he'll be up there he's supposed to be in canton and i think you know that'll really round off a career for jerry um that he truly deserves so uh we leave it there uh just a tiny bit of housekeeping at the end so 1919 club is still going strong uh we did our tremont williams draw rhino do you want to give us an update into uh, who we're going next and how much it is and how people can get involved yeah so the next one is an absolute beaut it's a it's a boyd dowler mm. um and it's a stat jersey. So these these are absolutely awesome. So I uh, am a very proud owner of a Herb Adderley stat jersey. Yeah. And so you have the same sort of thing. The jersey, obviously, the signature and the numbers. Um, and then at the bottom, for example, my Herb one's got 61 first-round draft pick, five-time Pro Bowl, Super Bowl one and two champ, 1980 Pro Football Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, so you just get that extra bit on the bottom of the jersey to really make a you know big signature piece in the, yeah. in your in your Packer cave. Um, so yeah, we're going to go that one next. I think Boyd Dowler. Um, the pictures, if I remember, I think are so we got Geronimo Allison and Johnny Gray. Uh, the two pictures they're going to accompany that one, so that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, some nice pieces. Then we've got a Paul Horning. Uh, that we that will probably go out after that. So there's there's plenty stacked up, plus a whole bunch of more stuff coming across the 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 Atlantic as we speak. And this time, me and Steve decided to change it up. We got some signed footballs as well this time, which mm-hmm. look absolutely beautiful, um, as well as some signed jerseys and of course the signed photos. Because we never do just one prize, do we? No, and. Uh, we've sort of teased it and we keep teasing it maybe for the next two weeks we have a blockbuster draw this is a ridiculous item if you get your hands on it um, I'm probably gonna Boom. oosh I'm probably gonna put myself in as some type of spoonerism uh, I don't think you can mess up the name Stephen O'Brien but it might be Brevan O'Stein or something like that because this, this one that we have coming <laughs> Ryan is absolutely class sounds European a little bit but let's let's tell people quickly about Boyd Dowler Boyd Dowler wide receiver uh, punter in fact big dude six foot five. Uh, he's 79 years of age and would you believe he's still going and he's currently a scout for the Atlanta Falcons at 79 ridiculous led the Packers in receptions for seven seasons uh, he was rookie of the year when he came in in 1959 pro bowler twice uh, 1960s all decade team he's on the 50th anniversary all time team um, he's in the Packers Hall of Fame five time Super Bowl or NFL champion and the two time Super Bowl in Super Bowl 1 and 2 sure yeah fa- fantastic jersey I would to- love this jersey yeah I would love this one so yeah, great jersey to have. Uh, and as well as that, you look like a total uh, NFL Packers hipster if you had a Boyd Dowler jersey hanging up because usually people come in and go, oh, why isn't it Aaron Rodgers or uh, Randall Cobb? And you're like going, why did I tell you about Boyd Dowler? This guy's a beast. Yeah, he's For, a legend. Yeah. All I've got, unfortunately, is a signed photo of him, which is perfectly awesome, but hopefully one day I'll get a jersey. Yeah, he was a handsome man. <laughs> handsome man back in the day. The problem is I've, run out, I've pretty much run out of wall space here is the problem yeah not a bad excuse to have um, but listen it's uh, all from this week uh, from myself at NFL. give me a follow from the group at UK Packers from me old buddy me old pal Mr. Ryan J. Peacock it's goodbye for this week toodaloo